This episode of GameScoop is sponsored by Squarespace. If you're looking for a way to make your business stand out and succeed online, Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for you. They take the stress out of creating an awesome website, engaging with your audience, and selling anything from products to content to time so you're able to focus on, you know, everything else. In other words, you'll have more time for gaming. With the new guided design system, you can choose from curated layouts and styling options to build a unique online presence from the ground up, optimized for every device. And with Squarespace's integrated, optimized SEO tools, you'll show up more often to more people. Squarespace doesn't just make things easier for you. Checkout for your customers is made seamless with simple but powerful payment tools that allow you to accept credit cards, PayPal, and Apple Pay. And in eligible countries, offer the option to buy now and pay later with Afterpay and Clearpay. So whether you're just starting out or looking to expand your existing brand, be sure to visit squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com gamescoop to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com gamescoop for 10% off. You know, when it comes to wireless carriers, sometimes what you see isn't always what you get. Except with Visible. With Visible, what you see is exactly what you get. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. With Visible, there are no hidden fees, no fine print, no hassle, nothing to hide. It's just $25 a month, all taxes and fees included. And you don't need more than one line of wireless to save. You can save on a line all to yourself with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. And again, just $25 a month. The future of wireless is here and it is transparent. If you want more transparency in your wireless plan, you want to be on the Visible plan. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. That's Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to IGN GameScoop. I'm your host, Damon Hatfield. Joining me this week is Tina Amini. And Stein. And Stein? Stein like Einstein. the like, like a Stein? No, like Einstein. Einstein like the Einstein. Einstein. Yeah. Which means one Stein. <laughs> one Stein. Exactly. <laughs> Sam Claiborne is here. Hey, everybody. And Zero making Stein. his inaugural Scoop appearance is Michael Swaim. Michael, welcome to the show. Swaim Scoop? Yes, <laughs> it is Swaim Scoop. Now, Damon, there's been a couple episodes that you didn't host that you wouldn't know if Michael was on those or not. Just I want to put that out. I think there's only been two. (laughs) Really? That I didn't host. And and uh, you you had one without me, right? When she was in Germany. Yeah. And then Kingo stole my spotlight one time. That's Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Um, Swaim, he's been uh, working with us for a a while now, and we've been wanting to get him on GameScoop. Uh, We finally wrangled him. Now that Summer of Gaming has come to an end, Mm -hmm. he actually has some free time. Uh, So, Michael, uh, tell us about yourself. What's your favorite game of all time? Wow, that's a hotter take than you probably meant to solicit. Uh, (laughs) You know, they they ask us this when we joined the company. I I joined about uh, now... Eight months Game ago. Scoop Company. Game Scoop Inc. <laughs> when you join Game Scoop Inc. and they put the barcode on the back of your neck, they yeah. ask you what's your favorite <laughs> video game. And at the time I said Psychonauts, and that's mm-hmm. uh, still very near and dear to my heart. But I got to say, right mm-hmm. now, at this time in my life, you ask me that, Damon, I have to be honest, Death Stranding. 
Wow. Favorite game of all it, time. It, I've had, wow. I'm in the middle of a very spiritual experience with yeah. it. I'm about 150 hours have put into that game. And I'm, wow. I'm just, it's opening me up in ways I didn't think gaming. I was, uh, I was thinking about Death Stranding a lot this week because there was that hint at the sequel. And I found that strangely comforting. Cause first of all, I had a great time playing. It was absolutely my favorite game last year. Um, what are we laughing at? What am I getting laughed nope. at? He's making noises. Hopefully, you don't hear. We <laughs> didn't. The door is closed. <laughs> Einstein is judging our tastes. Now. Yeah, that's what it is. He's he's like crying out loud about this. Smart dog. Yeah. But even though there, it has uh, some some weirdness to it, stuff like that, I had a really good time playing it, and I and I I, I really really look back on that time fondly, and I like really want to kind of play a comfort game like that again. It was that's what it was for me. Calming's the right word. It was my Animal Crossing New Horizons. It got me through the quarantine. Instead of building my little house, I was walking around and I loved it. <laughs> Did you build any little roads? Oh yeah, my maps complete. Every road section that can be built is at 99%, brother. Yeah. Man, when it Very goes up satisfying. to the mountains and it like curls like up in the air, it's the craziest road. Mm-hmm. Love that part. Love it. So what was it before Death Stranding? Psychonauts. Like Psychonauts, yeah. Probably, ah, okay, yeah. Okay, okay. And wow. recently played the Psychonauts VR game, also very in- inventive, as Tim Schafer and the people at Double Fine. Oh. oh. I, I, and that, that's interesting. It's a very interesting answer, uh, Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. Uh, for my, like, my personal, whenever I'm trying to come up with my, like, favorite of anything of all time, just as, like, m- my own little uh, sort of uh, personal guideline, I limit myself to only things that were released at least five years ago. That way I have some hindsight that I can sort of, you know. You're absolutely right. Out. There's recency biases in play for sure. sure. And sure. and the wait, fact. Wait, wait, wait. Okay, wait, wait. You, you say yeah. you, you exclude things from five years ago? No, any, it, it's, no, it has to be at least five years old. Oh. You can probably reflect on your. In order for it, to, for, I to be, for me to consider it one of the best of whatever of all time. Yeah, yeah. For example, I have a playlist that I keep updated of my favorite songs of all time. They're called God Tier Songs, but I won't allow any song that's less than five years old on that playlist. Okay. Just okay. I think that makes sense. I've, uh, I think the Oscars actually should work that way. Wow. Uh, that's interesting. We'd have some perspective on things at that point. That's a great idea. That's true. Yeah. Um, uh, Tina, do you notice when we do uh, Game of the Year stuff that our staff tends to think about things that just came out, especially for music. That's when I really noticed it. Mm. You know, yeah, the things can... that are fresh on your mind. Yeah, but exactly. It's also holiday season, right? So all these games are out. And it's just like, I've never been able to separate that out. But at the same and time, I've... towards the end of the year, we have more time to like finally catch up on some games. So it gives people an opportunity to play the stuff early in the year that they hadn't, uh, you know, to not throw our whole game of the year system under the bus, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> That wasn't my intention, but <laughs> Sam famously hates game of the year. Exactly. Sometimes, sometimes the bus is game of the year and I got to stop it from running over children. <laughs> That's right. Any outlet that determines bests in present tense are fools. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, we need to well. revisit the system. I mean, we could do both. We could do game of the year and then we can do game of five years ago revisited. Yeah, I like that. Well, Speaking of game of the year, uh, we're in it's July 1st. We're recording this episode on July 1st. That means we're halfway done with 2020. That could be a good thing overall. Uh, <laughs> but that also means it's time to check in with game of the year. Watch, roll it. <laughs> 
We'll add that in post. I've been watching you host uh, Summer of Gaming, and I really did think you were about to toss to a package. I'm just so used to it now. (laughs) Waiting for it. You know, after a month of running Summer of Gaming, I'm going to throw this under the bus now, too. We weren't exactly great at running packages. And so yesterday, there was a lot of vamping to be had when you guys were undoing the uh, envelopes to see who was winning things. And it was one Mm -hmm. of my favorite moments of the entire summer. The awards are actually really fun yesterday. I they had were a really great. good time doing that. They really killed it. Um, okay, game of the year watch. Trying to check in with uh, the best games of the year so far and try to start uh, making our short list of what we'll be talking about when the actual game of the year time uh, comes at the end of 2020. Ooh. And I think we have to start with The Last of Us, uh, the most recent game to receive a 10 from IGN. I know Sam uh, has beaten it. Tina, have you beaten it? I think I'm like 10 hours away. I'm 16 hours in, so okay, I think yeah, I'm right around. Right. Yeah, tell us exactly game. what happened for the last five hours, and I'll tell you what we are again. Yeah, exactly. Well, no spoilers. Uh, I'm about 10 hours <laughs> in. I'm about 10 hours in. Michael, have you played it? I have beaten it. Okay, well. okay. All right, so we, yeah. we all... Uh, and then you went back to Death Stranding? Uh, yes. I love Death Stranding so much, I'm starting to call it Death Stranding, because that's how they name it in the game. That's how into it I am. Hmm. I don't get it. You got to emphasize the death over the stranding. Oh. If you notice in the game, everyone says the death, death stranding. The death gotcha. stranding. That's how you know yeah. a real death head. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> death head. What? What? Is it? But back term. to Last of Us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> which I feel like definitely has to be the strong contender. It's an obvious answer, but I don't know about you, Sam. It blew me away. The 10's highly justified. I hope that's not considered a spoiler, but I had a 10 experience with it. Yeah, I think I, I talked about this before, but I'm going to add to it. The, the, the craft of that game is unparalleled. Like It's unbelievable seeing, you know, the, the, from graphics to you know, acting to everything. But I saw a lot of stuff this week about um, where the, the devs were sharing like some of the things they were proud of. One of them was just breaking glass in the game. It's really impressive. Mm-hmm. Glass breaking is good. Very and the satisfying. Other, yeah, and the other was this, this. There's like three puzzles, maybe max, where you toss a rope somewhere or lead a rope around, and yeah. uh, it's incredible what you can do with it. Like I'm seeing people like wrap the rope around like a, a a rolling chair or like put the rope somewhere and then like walk their face into it, but then it like rolls down to the neck and like stops there, and they're like walking around. Like ropes do not work that way in games and this is like this huge amount of tech behind it getting it to work and like that kind of stuff i'm super nerding out over now in that game Hmm. so the ropes the ropes are what got you ropes and glass yeah there is intense attention to detail (laughs) though in that way in every level did it bother anyone or not bother but one thing that was missing that other games have had is destructible environments i did find it odd Hmm. in a game that's so realistic that, for example, I was shooting at a water cooler over and over with my like incendiary mm. shotgun, and it just oh, don't waste those down. bullets, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there are moments where certain enemies, no spoilers, but Sam um, and Swain, you guys definitely know what enemy I'm talking about um, in a particularly scary environment that comes after you. It's basically like a boss fight, essentially. Hopefully, that's not a spoiler for people, um, but that enemy can destroy things as it's like barreling around you essentially. Right. So it, it kind of fits contextually there, I guess. And for the most part, I've been obviously playing stealth. So I guess there's not much that I'm destroying aside from like, you know, the, the humans and, and all the clickers and, and the infected. I, I don't know if this is a spoiler and I don't know <laughs> if this is the scene you're talking about, but one boss in the game wrecks arcade machines and it's messed up. <laughs> <laughs> that is messed about. up. Now it's personal. <laughs> 
It's like the equivalent yeah, we'll of, well, I don't want, yeah, I was going to, I was going to say it's another spoiler, but it's really hard to talk about this game. Yeah, uh, for sure. I do think, you know, I, like I said, I'm about 10 hours in greatly enjoying it, looking forward to playing it every night. Uh, I think the, the draw to it is the storytelling, uh, the writing and the performances. That's like what I, what I'm, I'm really taking away from it. The gameplay is solid and fun, uh, but not particularly like groundbreaking. In fact, I would say the basic mechanics of shooting at zombie-like things is more fun in Resident Evil. Hell yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, one yeah, thing I'd add to this is that the Seattle and the greenery of the overgrown mm-hmm. city is like my favorite setting. And I didn't think it would be. I don't normally like apocalyptic games or say they're beautiful. This one's beautiful. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely beautiful and well-made. Um, and then obviously the story is a big part of it. The gameplay doesn't feel groundbreaking, but maybe because The Last of Us 1 was a really good cohesive amount of like some detective mode stuff with the listening ability and then a lot of mm. a lot of stealth embedded in it. But yeah, like shooting, shooting all the zombies isn't fun necessarily, but it feels like you're not supposed to. It feels like you're supposed to do the puzzle oriented thing of stealthing around them and figuring out what the best path is and then getting surprised Mm -hmm. by like oh shoot this one changed their pattern like i find the human enemies feel like they have a little bit more of a dynamic range for uh what what their paths are they're a little less predictable if you let them linger around for too long so it's kind of like that puzzle solving element to the stealth that makes it more fun um but yeah not not particularly groundbreaking especially because it's so similar to the first game so yeah, I, Last yeah. of Us fan or what? What? Sorry, Death Stranding fans are called Death Heads. What are Last of Us fans called? Oh, I Lasties. think it's uh... Lasties. <laughs> Lasties. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I want to remember these. So Tina, can you take these two down? Yep, I got these notes. Hold on, let me get to my typewriter. I don't know how to do this. Where is it? <laughs> you're close. You're so close. <laughs> wait, you can, wait, can I you changed not, my angle. Yeah, Perfect. And as a bonus, you just saved your game in Resident Evil. Exactly. You know, to bring it full circle. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do feel like they made very safe bets on the way they, the things they added mechanically, like a jump button, which you can roll your eyes at because it's a jump button. And uh, the crafting tree being slightly expanded. They were safe Mm -hmm. bets, but they, they were good. The gameplay definitely felt stepped up. Like, you know, it's one step up and button things up. You know what I think is really. You hit triangle to take a step up. You hit triangle. Yeah, exactly. You find the triangle, then you hit the triangle. Hold it. I, I do think uh, Ellie's animations on the crafting table are really satisfying, and like all the sound effects of upgrading the guns. Those look amazing. Oh, yeah. the guitar. I mean, like both those yeah. moments are like these close-up moments. We're like, how long did this take to, to like make this kind of mundane thing happen? I'm so impressed by that. I love it. Yeah, but yeah. the fifteenth time, aren't you like, I don't have time for this? Oh, of course. <laughs> Of course. On the gun crafting table, yes. Even yeah. though every time I'm like, I appreciate the animation. Yeah, but. yeah, for sure. And then there are yeah. a couple moments where someone will make a remark like, that was really cool. Or like, what are you doing over there? And oh, it yeah. just kind of adds to the feeling of, of mm-hmm. like, you're not getting pulled out and into a game menu or something. I was one of those that gets interrupted in a really scary way. Yeah, I wasn't sure if I messed that up or if that was a GameCube. So no, I think it, I, I'm glad to hear somebody else even confirm it because I thought the same thing. I was like, what the hell does yeah. that Yeah, did I not and, like, you know, soak this room out well enough? Yeah. And yeah. yet, did it affect your policy for the entire rest of the game? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mine. Just suspicious of every everything. Time. Yep. <laughs> you know, like one of those potential Twitter accounts that you could create after, the, after I was playing this game and thinking about it was like, is there something in the bathroom stall? I'm like, yes, mm. yes. <laughs> There is in this game, and I don't want people oh to be boy. scared. That's what I'm telling you. But uh, every game has that. And like the, mm. the bathroom stall checks are so funny, and they, they don't even play with it anymore. They're just like, something's going to take your life bar down at some point, and it's going to be in the bathroom. 
Although we confirmed that this doesn't happen in control because that was my paranoia. That's playing right. That's that where game. it first came up. Yeah. Is something going to happen in the bathroom? It never mm-hmm. happened. It right? never did. I remember talking yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah, maybe in DLC. I don't know. I didn't play the DLC. <laughs> Could be. Maybe matters. that's all it is. There's only enemies in the bathroom stalls. <laughs> it's just a labyrinth of urinals and toilets. Yeah. <laughs> and heavy metal music. And yes, Swedish metal. This is a totally no wait, this, this is a totally random thought that just popped into my head. Tina, are is it interesting to explore or was it ever interesting to explore men's restrooms and video games? Was that ever no. a thing that you were like, well, let's see what this is like? No, only for the fact that there's inevitably going to be like, you know, some pills in the toilet and I got to reach yeah. in there and be like, wait, I take these pills now? They were just sitting in there. Who knows for how many years? It's like Bioshock Infinite. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's, it's nice for some of that extension. But other than that, but once you've seen one restroom, you've seen them all, you know? Like, yeah, that's true. <laughs> I uh, I sorted out a little bit of uh, finery for the, uh, the uh, Game of the Year watch. Oh, this, uh, is a, this is an award telling. Mm-hmm. That's but what the are you? That, that was sitting there from Tom Marks uh, a few weeks ago uh, when I had it on for that. So two to two gags with the bow tie now. And I wore a bow tie yesterday. That's right. In the awards. That's right. Yeah. Ooh, sharp in that tux. Yeah. Was that a real, real tie? You. you tie that? You know, the waist up. It is a real, well, it's a clip, clip oh, on bow tie, you know. Yeah. Easy, easy put on. Yeah. Um, what are you drinking, Sam? Is that a, a carbonated water? I, I think a robot account will identify well I'm, what I'm drinking. Yeah, no that's true, actually. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That, um, if people don't know, we this weird robot account started uh, tweeting at us, and it'd be like, "This is Safeway brand sparkling water," and it would yeah. be like, "Hello, Game Scoop, and welcome, Air Force Soleil from Safeway." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that happened on our show. It happened on Unlocked too, I believe. So it's, it's yep. weird. There's some kind of so a bot that's recognizing when uh, brand name. <laughs> carbonated waters are being drank on video and then it's finding them i don't know i don't know how it works. and it uses some english <laughs> yeah it uses some english which uh the um, 1993 egm guide to uh, role-playing adventure games that we're going to look at later on also uses some english <laughs> very well done um the other game that's gotten a 10 from ign this year is half-life alex and uh Man. also yeah i know i know this is it's a conundrum okay. right yeah there's the no conundrum. way for me to play that game. That's the conundrum. How do we play this VR game that uh, was given a 10 from IGN? So, and you have played it? Yes, I've completed Half-Life oh. Alex. I have an wow. Oculus Quest, and it was quite the experience. It's almost impossible to compare to Last of Us. Hmm. I'm still having trouble treating VR as related to traditional really? gaming. It feels so different. It really Explain. does to me. Uh, well, I use VR the like my top shelf VR experiences have been things like this game Lone Echo that just happens to be set in space. And instead mm-hmm. of advancing the story, I, I float around space yeah. and look and like <laughs> meditate on space. And I never thought in my lifetime, honestly, such a realistic and it's not all the way there, but it's close. Uh, feeling like that I would even be so close to feeling that I'm in space looking down mm-hmm. at Earth. Even the Google Maps app on VR is pretty rocking when you're flying around <laughs> from like area to area. Uh, so anything that's a sim, I can't wait for the Star Wars squadrons because mm-hmm. I've been waiting for a flight sim and I've been asking people on social media like Eve Online or 
uh, No Man's Sky. And they're all like, none of them. <laughs> so Aww. I'm waiting for a perfect like flight sim. And uh, in, I'll just put it this way about Alex. In Alex, some of the most satisfying things were literally just picking up objects and, and looking at them, like hmm. the bottle with the liquid that sloshed inside. Yeah. That would never cut it in a traditional game. So I don't know how to compare game that of the year. Uh, that doesn't cut it in reality either, unless you're about two and a half. But boy, yeah, exactly. man. boy it works then. Oh, man. <laughs> well, you're not yeah. really doing a lot of sloshing right now, to be fair. It feels regressive. Yeah. I could shake a bunch of keys in my own face in Half-Life Alex and really <laughs> enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. So last of us part two, Half-Life Alex, clear front runners uh, in, for game of the year. This year, a couple of the big names. What about Animal Crossing? Yeah, I think our staff's going to be evenly split right now between Last of Us and Animal Crossing. That's what I would say if I had to, uh, yeah. we can pull the staff and find out. But I think sure. if that's what it was, I think that's where the votes would be divided. Does, sound, does that sound right to you, Tina? Although I feel like there's so much more substance to The Last of Us that is going to capture more people's attention. Mm. Um, but at the same time, Animal Crossing, like that's a game people are going to continue to play the rest of the year, if not into next year. So who knows? Could go either way. Could be a split. Yeah. I would hope people would look back on Animal Crossing as something that was a bright spot in a, you know, at the start of the pandemic, a really dark moment that did require distraction and because we we're all stuck at home. Whereas like there's been lots of other moments this year, which like, no, you should, you should focus on world events. But that one was one where it's like, oh, it was really welcome. Mm-hmm. But it's also so difficult to judge things. Like this comes back to the, should we judge things like from five years ago instead topic? Because, you know, if we're judging it with just within just the current frame of context, I guess it makes sense for game of the year because we're thinking about it as 2020. Um, mm-hmm. But at least when you think about reviews and review scores, you don't want to judge it by virtue of like what was necessarily going on at the time. Cause that's, that's difficult. true. Like what if you look at that review two years from now and somebody just wants to know, is the last of us worth playing? And like, you know, maybe the whole review is just about the quarantine and how similar, you know, feeling it was to that. Then it's like kind of irrelevant to somebody two years from now, hopefully, hopefully irrelevant to somebody mm-hmm. two years from now. <laughs> so I wrote that review and I considered that exact topic and I might've even talked with you about it, uh, but I remember uh, reading when, when my review was out, I was reading a bunch of people's reviews that were mentioning that and actually really annoyed me at the time. Uh, but I just know that that's like a, a take that, that that was out there and it was like ever present. Um, in the, the review that I wrote, I was very, very much trying to, you know, establish that like, this is a game that deserves, it, it, you know, to be recognized outside of world events. Mm-hmm. What's that? Yeah. What review? Animal Crossing. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. I thought you meant <laughs> well, the last of us. I was like, hey. in, in that light or bouncing off that, have you guys seen this kind of response for previous Animal Crossings or is New Horizons special? Because I, I, I haven't played it, but I've seen the response around the office. Are the IGN folks usually this excited for an Animal Crossing or do you think this installment was unique? Everyone but Damon, yeah. I think it was. Uh, I think the last game had Street Pass, so it was like a really popular um, thing that everybody was playing together. Whereas this time, people were playing it together from home online. But like, it took a little bit to think about like if that would be fun or not, and that took a little while to take off. So like, we never had those kind of in-office Animal Crossing moments. Um, but this is a bigger game because of uh, uh, its popularity. Like this is was as big as Wii Sports or something. It was everywhere. It still is. And uh, you know, celebrities are playing and it's talked about in on mainstream sites and news and jokes for every single late night show. Like that is that is a 
cultural moment mm -hmm. that Nintendo hasn't had since the Wii. Uh, and then I don't think any other games have had since Fortnite. Um, Resident Evil 3 also got a nine. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. It, I do, that doesn't feel like it's game of the year. Uh, uh, for me, I don't think it's... It feels, like, it feels like half the game that Resident Evil 2 was. I don't know how you guys yep. feel about it. It was my game of the year at the time. Resident Evil 3 was at the time you mm -hmm. played it? Yeah. And then what about... Uh, there's an interesting case uh, with Final Fantasy VII Remake. Uh, it actually got an 8 from IGN. Doesn't mean it can't be you know, in the running, but just there's a, lot of games, there's a lot of games that have scored higher than it this year. Mm -hmm. Even stuff that, you know, isn't, isn't as well known, like uh, Legends of Runeterra as a new card game, Deep Rock Galactic, Valorant, Dreams, or in the Will of the Wisps, Neo 2, all these games scored higher than Final Fantasy VII. Mm -hmm. But I don't know, do you think people will be including Final Fantasy in talks for Game of the Year? Be in conversations, especially because at the time that, it, so like, what, it came out in April, and so at the time... Yeah before The Last of Us came out and before a couple of these other games that are coming out the rest of the year um, have an opportunity to come out and be played by everybody, um, I think it definitely would have been a contender. It's just, it'll probably show up as like a nominee, but not necessarily game of the year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we argue about this a lot, especially when we're composing lists and things. And yeah. we're in an era of remakes and remasters and arguments about whether Miles Morales is a DLC or a follow-up or a spin-off or a standalone. <clears throat> um, and I think where we most people I've talked to have landed is these things are in contention. I think they are in contention. Neither RE2 or a 3 rather or FF7 would be like my pick. But I definitely think they're in the conversation. So, Tina, what's your personal favorite game that you've played this year so far? Um, well, I haven't finished The Last of Us, so I guess technically I shouldn't say The Last of Us. So it would be Final Fantasy VII, actually. But I already, like 16 hours in, I'm already feeling drawn into The Last of Us in a way that I actually wasn't expecting because I felt like The Last of Us 1 was so fully cohesive. Um, and I loved its ending. And there's a lot about 2 that's changing how I interpreted one. And I don't think that that changes like what was supposed to be interpreted or what was open-ended to be interpreted for one. Um, it's just, just, just changing it. Uh, it's mm -hmm. just like, it's changing characters to be people I wasn't expecting them to be. Uh, and I don't necessarily know that that tracks with it, but regardless of that tangent, I feel like it's definitely going to be a, a major contender until cyberpunk comes out. And then who knows? <laughs> that is uh yeah. So Cyberpunk is definitely the one to watch. Sam, how about you? Favorite game of the year so far? Uh, Animal Crossing. Interesting. I like that we're getting. I like that we're getting uh, different answers. Uh, Michael, how about you? Last of Us I'll Part Two. I'll take the obvious. Last of Us. Yeah. 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 That seems about right. Um, as for me, it, let's let's go through. It's it's time for uh, the the moment everyone has been waiting for since the year started, since January first, twenty twenty. It's time mm -hmm. for the Damie Halfies. This mm -hmm. is where we check in. We're, ha we're halfway to the Damies, which is, of course, the most prestigious award ceremony in entertainment every year. Uh, but we're halfway there, so it's time to check in. But first, I do have a, an announcement. Due to the ongoing uh, COVID-19 pandemic, the Damie Halfies will not be held in a big concert hall with a lot of people there like they usually are. Right. Instead, this year, it's going to be held in a, at a, at an online streaming event happening right now. So gets, let's get to it. The best games that I've played this year so far, I haven't finished Last of Us Part 2. I, I have a feeling when I finish it, uh, like Tina, uh, I'll include it there. But so as of right now, I'm going to keep it off my list. The best games I've played this year so far are Streets of Rage 4, Maneater, 
the, uh, the game where you eat people as a shark. Shantae and the Seven Sirens, uh, which is a, a really fun uh, Metroidvania game with a, with just a great art style. The Eternal Castle, which I uh, championed on the show few, several episodes ago, um, which is a, a cinematic platformer with amazing, amazing pixel art. I played on the Switch, and then it was mysteriously removed from the Nintendo Switch eShop without uh, much of an expl- explanation. I don't know that's come back yet. So uh, Even though you put it on your hat, it, never, it didn't do the trick? Nintendo, Nintendo did not respond to me, even though okay. I put it on my hat. Uh, okay. And finally... The fifth of the best games I've played this year so far is Hunt Down, which is the uh, old school arcade style uh, platformer shooter uh, with a very, very 80s uh, pixel art attitude to it that speaks to me. Well, that did not let down. Uh, you, those yeah. are uh, very jammy games that you uh, clearly have been holding secret from us, so we can't have fun play games with you. I, what are you talking about? I, tell, I, I talk about all these games every episode. My question is, is Dreams going to come up as, as one of the contenders? Among yeah, the that's staff? tough. It also yeah. got a nine from IGN for, the, for what it's worth. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. Um, I'm going to yeah. say no. I'll just say I, I, can, I can make that call if you guys want me to. I, th- I just well, think it's an issue with... Well, yeah, we'll see what yeah. that ends up being. That could very well, you know, that's going to be out very soon, just a couple yeah. weeks. Um, yeah, so we'll see well, how that... It, with that and then Final Fantasy and Last of Us already, uh, that's just like, what a year for Sony... Like yeah. it just I mean, yeah. at the half point, that's crazy. And then they're like, going to launch a new console. And I'm, apparently, they have games for the PS5 this year. We'll see. At, yeah, at least Spider-Man Miles Morales. Mm-hmm. I was just saying the best TV show I've watched this year was season five of Better Call Saul. Mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone else caught that. Very and uh, what, what's that? What I was going. Are you? Did you like what we do in the Shadow season two? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, like, I actually haven't finished it yet though. Okay. I think if you finish season two, you might have a contender there. Yeah, I'll put that in there. I also liked season two of Sex Education. I don't know if okay. I watched that one. Uh, and then the uh, I can't cover the movies category for obvious reasons. Yeah. I have not seen any movies this year. Any new movies, at least. Yeah. You didn't stream Trolls World Tour? That's not what I, I heard. I didn't. I'm not <laughs> one of them. This episode of Game Scoop is brought to you by NordVPN. As Scoop Nation knows, your Omega Cops have been a little obsessed with a movie called Weekend at Bernie's lately. But as happens too often these days, it is difficult to find it streaming here in the U.S. That's where NordVPN comes in. With NordVPN, you can switch your virtual location to a more enlightened region where they appreciate the comic delights of Weekend at Bernie's. And it's not just for streaming movies and shows. Switching your virtual location can allow you to save money by purchasing flights, hotels, and subscriptions from other countries at a cheaper price. And you can do all this worry-free as NordVPN threat protection features protect you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. Best of all, NordVPN costs the price of a cup of coffee a month, and one account can be used on up to six devices. To get the best discount on your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com gamescoop. Our link will also give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com gamescoop. One in five Americans has learned a new language on their bucket list, or life backlog, if you will. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Upgrade your personal skill set in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. 
Its tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. I have a trip to Mexico coming up, so I've been using Babbel to brush up on my Spanish. The courses are short and sweet, so I can do one whenever I have a few minutes to spare. And the words and phrases it teaches you are designed for practical, real-world use, like ordering at a restaurant or asking for directions. Babbel can even provide you feedback on your pronunciation with its speech recognition tech. And it's not just for Spanish. Babbel includes 14 different language courses, each backed by a 20-day money-back guarantee. Here's a special limited-time deal for Scoop Nation. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, only for our listeners, at babbel.com gamescoop. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com gamescoop, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com gamescoop. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay. Moving on from Game of the Year Watch, let's check in with listeners. Hi. Listeners. <laughs> Remember, you can always reach us at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, just like Evan Stryker from Minnesota, USA did. Says, Is I'm it Stryker 30. with a Y, like a com- comic book character? No, not like the Stryker with a Y. That created Wolverine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Mr. Stryker from Mr. Stryker. Mm-hmm. Minnesota, USA, says, I'm 30 years old, and I've been a gamer for about 25 years. About five years ago, I lost part of my central vision, making certain text sizes, finer details, and things at a distance on the screen harder to see. I am grateful when a game takes extra time to build in great features to make them more accessible to impaired gamers. With The Last of Us Part 2's accessibility features, such as high-contrast imaging and text-to-speech options, is the industry looking to make these or other features a standard option? Also, if you know of any other games with enhanced visual accessibility features, that would be great. Oh, man. The Last of Us 2 is like the most impressive level of fine-tunable adjustments that I've ever seen. Uh, Like, you know, it's pretty standard for games to be able to... First thing I always do is I turn on subtitles... I drop the music and sound effect level sound levels, and then I keep dialogue super high because I always inevitably can't hear them because they're like constantly overrun by those other effects. Mm-hmm. Um, That's which, why control was so scary when you played it is that you heard all that mumbling in the background <laughs> at like max volume. Yeah, and they're written out with subtitles, which is amazing. There's so much yeah. context you're missing without subtitles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wish yeah. like you know movies and TV shows would be able would be able to do that too, but they actually have like a specific dynamic range setting, so it's. Um, how much fluctuation you can possibly get from scene to scene. So there are scenes where like everything's really quiet and they're all whispering with one another and then bam, like something comes at you and it's a super dramatic explosion of sounds. And, you know, Mm -hmm. the two-year-old in the other room is crying now out out of being woken up from sleep. So like that stuff is just so nice to be able to have so much control over. It feels like driving manual, um, over automatic essentially. But uh, The Last of Us is like the triplest of AAA game development. So I don't know how realistic it is to you know, expect every single game release to have that level of accessibility options. Well, and like just to go into it, like if you don't ever look at accessibility menus or have any point of comparison, The Last of Us like actually has things that I've never seen before and it has so much more and has things like what you, you can auto pick up ammo. Uh, so you don't have to like hit a button over and over again. It has things which just shows things in a more clear sense, even if they're hidden, it has a way to turn off puzzles. If puzzles are interfering with it. And I know like you're thinking immediately like, why would I want to turn puzzles? Well, like the way that some people control games makes it difficult in this game to, to do the puzzles. So it's mm-hmm. like the, the, the 
it's an actual consideration to make sure more people can experience what this game's focus is, which mm. is uh, environmental storytelling and storytelling and just watching a story, right? Like that's like what this game's focus is. And so, yes, like there's like arcade shooters that, that, that the, the accessibility options are not going to make as much sense as this game, but like mm. the swath of things that people have thought of to make games more playable by more people are so impressive. And I'm like, just very, very like grateful to the industry for doing that. You know, I, I think it's really, really cool. Yeah. yeah and Damon's absolutely right that there will be a budgetary component, but I do think it's a trend we're going to see more with the AAA titles. We ran a couple pieces about the Avengers game and how they're really focusing on accessibility as well. Hmm. And uh, even if you're not someone who happens to be different, differently abled, I think there's a level of accessibility wall so, for example, my girlfriend loves me and is interested in things I'm interested in, but it can never get into a video game because she's never played them before. And every mm -hmm. time you hand her a controller and say, play Skyrim, she's overwhelmed. What do my fingers do? <laughs> you know, she's starting so far back with this object that we call a controller. Um, I could see these accessibility options. She's now, because she watched part of Last of Us 2 and the storytelling so compelling, playing through it with everything turned off. Like she doesn't have to play the puzzles. It auto aims for her. She wow. still feels scared when the zombies charge at her and she's still loving the experience. And that was very uh, interesting to me that as gaming continues to become a mainstream part of everyone's pop culture diet, accessibility needs to be a part of that if you can afford it, which is a fair point. Yeah, yeah. I think in general, people are being more conscientious about it, which is nice. Like there's always been like a certain level, like a certain standard, but we're starting to increase what that standard is. And The Last of Us is a good example of like what that range could possibly look like um, and hopefully become more of a normalized thing where like, you know, be more accessible to developers, actually, for them to be able to incorporate it into their games. Uh, and Swain, you touched on something that I love because like, let's say you have, even if you are a super familiar gamer and very comfortable, like working around puzzles and whatnot, um, I think there are probably certain design elements that might bug you where these accessibility options in The Last of Us, you know, like Red Dead 2, for instance, you had to, every time you looted a body, it took like three seconds of an animation, which was mm -hmm. really cool to see for the first few times, mm -hmm. 20 hours into the game, you're like, oh my God, just pick up this money and let me go. Um, but so that's the kind of thing where in the last of us, you, when you turn on auto pickup for items, which I did, and it's just been like vastly improved my experience because I'll just run around shelves that I know are inevitably going to have some items around them. And then I like, I'm automatically picking things up and it's just, you know, give, affording me a couple extra seconds back. Yeah. And I you don't, don't feel like you're time. cheating the system or anything. It's like, all I would have done is see that and pick it up. What's the big deal? I would exactly. more always more options, infinite yeah, options. Exactly. Yeah. All and, and, and this game is not, again, it's not an arcade game. It's not, it's not preventing you from progressing intentionally. It wants you to progress. It wants you to experience more and keep going because it's a story focused, you know, cinematic experience. Whereas like there are going to be games that are, that are more, uh, uh about you know uh, challenging you and those are a completely different classification of game mm. Mm. and they should be accessible too i'm not saying they should be i'm just saying like the options are going to be completely different for a game mm. like that yeah uh the first game that i can remember noticing having any sort of accessibility option was peggle because it had a colorblind mode mm -hmm. that changed mm. the different colored pegs to different shapes yeah, I remember nice. that being a discussion for Bioshock as well because it was really hard to experience uh, if you were colorblind. There was um, uh, uh, Nintendo really early on 
in the Wii's life cycle, started adding things that would like let you change to a different control scheme for Super Mario World by like you know changing to a character that floats or whatever. Um, and people like were calling that a win button, and like there was like all this stuff. But I think Nintendo was a little bit ahead of the curve on being like, how can we make things fun and playable? but not not impossible to beat for everybody and maybe yeah. maybe they even were considering accessibility i think they're also very ahead of the curve just on the idea of they always take it back to the baseline that a game can be anything like every generation of their consoles they actually go back to the drawing board and question how is the player going to interact with this thing how might they interact with it in various ways i just think that is so interesting and makes you ahead of the curve just instantly on accessibility issues as well because nintendo mm-hmm. already has it under their belt that we are not locked into the dual shock per se the software is the software and it can be interpreted in any way you know we run videos where someone beats uh Dark Souls with a bongo controller. So yeah. this guy's the limit, people. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Uh, if I nothing else, she, go, ahead. go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, I think Shigeru Miyamoto's background was in like ergonomics and like uh, UI design uh, for like you know physical things uh, when he started at Nintendo. And so like they've always been about you know building. Well, they're a hardware company for one thing, right? But like mm-hmm. we do think about them software, software, and then consoles. But like they were really making like toys before that, and had all this this experience with just putting your hands on something and and making it work. And I think that's an interesting background to that company. I heard something about Shigeru Miyamoto recently that's very interesting, but I don't know if I hundred percent believe it. Okay. Apparently, he isn't allowed to ride a bike to work because he's too important. So they had they send they send a car service to pick him up. I can't imagine him living near enough to Nintendo in Kyoto to do that. I, so. I can't. I mean, Maybe that's like an office problem. car. <laughs> right, right. They were like, it's like fifteen miles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Coming down from the mountains every day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. or winding roads in the snow. <laughs> Please stop. It's more, it's more that it was just completely ridiculous for him to even think about riding a bike to work. Uh, okay, this is Bjorn from Norway. Says, first time writing, long time listener and viewer, love the show. I think it might be the best gaming podcast out there. Bjorn, I think I think you might be right. <laughs> My question might be a bit complicated, but I think it might call for a good discussion. I recently finished Divinity Original Sin 1 and 2. And by the way, finishing both of those games is like a whole year of your life, probably. Yeah. Was that 2020? Uh, Bjorn says, I think that Larian Studios has shown an amazing ability when it comes to world building and storytelling with each game improving on the latter. Then when they announced Divinity Fallen Heroes, I was very disappointed to learn that it is an XCOM style game, which I never got into, and it continues the Divinity story. Have you guys ever given up on a franchise because it changed the genre? And how do you feel about games or franchises doing that? Well, so first of all, good news. Uh, Divinity Fallen Heroes has been put on hold indefinitely. So your Divinity experience is not being diluted, Bjorn from Norway. Good news for Bjorn, perhaps not for yeah. the development team. Well, well, the development team is making Baldur's Gate 3. So I think that's They're the fine. reason why. I think that's the reason why. Yeah. They've got other things going on. Um, but yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, like, you know, Resident Evil is probably the one that is like a, a mm-hmm. more obvious mm-hmm. one. Not that it's like mm-hmm. a complete overhaul uh or anything but it definitely like made some shifts 
uh, and decisions. And I think a lot of those come from like publishers communicating with developers and saying like, here's the trend that we're seeing at this time period. Um, mm -hmm. Gamers really like more action. Like these are the things that are selling more. Can we incorporate this into your game to make sure that it's like cutting edge, that it's part of the culture as it's emerging? Um, and sometimes that goes well and sometimes that doesn't. And then there's constant spinoffs too. Like Halo has gone through a couple different directions and now a different developer. Mm -hmm. um, that's probably my longest running series is Halo. And I, I sort of stopped playing um, because it felt like a chapter had closed. Um, and then before, uh, you know, moving on to 343. So it just mm -hmm. sort of like was a sentimental thing where it had, where you sort of accept internally, like this is a change in the series. Um, but it's, it's not to say that like some spinoffs haven't worked well, like, uh, what's the one I'm thinking of the rabbits and Mario crossover yeah, kingdom battle. Yeah. yeah I was oh, just thinking about that as a good example. Yeah, exactly. So that's like a good example where things are coming together in a mishmash that actually works. Halo also had Halo Wars, which is exactly sort of the divinity sort of situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing quite like how Resident Evil like really split people. They're like, oh, it's going to be an action series now. But then with Resident Evil 4, everybody usually mostly came on board of that game. And then like it was like five people were iffy and then six was just a terrible action game. And so like seven didn't even go back to survival or went to like a, a first person thing. Like it's, <laughs> yeah. what, a, what a crazy series to yeah. never come <laughs> back around. But if you liked Resident Evil 4, you can stick with two and three now, which is cool. The remakes. Yeah. Um, I was trying to think really hard about like what what games really transformed and left me in the dust was story specifically. And that's where like I left off, like so many games were like an arcade game or a NES game or something. And they had life later is something completely different. Like, who cares? But like, I didn't care, like when Spy Hunter got like some other iteration or something, because I don't care about Spy Hunter's backstory. It's just like whatever it is, a guy has a cool car and it turns into a boat. <laughs> Um, uh, but yeah, like there, there's like to be left behind, like that must feel really bad, but also uh, the communities around these games exert a lot of pressure on the games now. So I don't know if it's going to happen that often. Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask if you thought Metroid prime was an example. So, Metroid, okay. That's the, okay. So if I think about Metroid, I don't think about Metroid prime. I think about other M and mm. uh and it going away from first person games there you go. Uh, back to like some just experimenting but 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 what i was gonna bring up metroid in a bit anyway but i'll just go ahead now because metroid did a thing that uh a lot of games do which they just go to multiplayer and for for a game like and they, for that one they you know there's that weird metroid only multiplayer federation force. federation force yep and then there was zelda at the time did four swords uh like they're the third fourth four swords game and like in th those games i felt compelled to play and i played them because i'm such a big fan of those series and they were they're they're pretty shitty like it wasn't fun to play them and like no matter what though i have to see everything metroid like i am you know that's my favorite series i really really am interested in everything about it and so i played all of federation force by myself and it was so bad Wow. Same with Zelda uh, that that came out that same time. Remember that E3 where they're like, "Hey, do you guys like Metroid and Zelda? How would you like some multiplayer versions of these games?" Like, no, why? Yeah. But I guess those games aren't like advancing the story, you know? No, but for me, it's like almost like experiencing the world of Metroid Prime. I want to know everything about it. Like, I'm that obsessive of a fan. It's like Star Wars for me. Like, you know, yeah. when Star That's Wars true. is bad, I'm still interested in seeing it. Like, I'm always going to, like, I even watched like a lot of the, the Clone Wars cartoon stuff, like, which I don't like. And uh, just, just to know the story. 
example uh, of just like an IP that has been through many different iterations on the game side too. What? Which one? Star Wars. In general, but it reminds yeah. it also like Sam, when you were talking, it reminded me of the whole debacle or the original debacle around cyberpunk where it's like, it's mm-hmm. not a third person. Like this is yeah. not what we know to yeah, be that's right. project red. So even like the minor changes, like with like your view perspective um, can throw things off course quite a bit. Cause it's just like familiarity. And then you start to question, well, if that's different, what else is going to be different? Or like final mm-hmm. fantasy seven, the debacle around it, not being a completely, um, you know, original, a completely um, a remake that like necessarily honored by detail by detail mm-hmm. um, to the original. So just any kind of change, change is scary essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> can be good though. Uh, a couple other examples of, series that completely changed directions and i think in these cases never went back is warcraft there are three warcraft real-time strategy games and then there was world of warcraft and they never made another rts yeah they didn't diverge the series they totally just transformed it to world of warcraft that's warcraft now huh yeah. And within World of Warcraft, all of the expansions kind of changed the pace of the games too. So that's why like World of War- World of Warcraft Classic became a thing too, because people yeah. just like probably dropped mm-hmm. off after certain expansions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's Fallout. The first two that's Fallout games are, up, yeah. are turn-based strat or turn-based RPGs with an isometric view, you know. And with AP, yeah, used in a completely different way. And I think mm-hmm. Bjorn probably feels that pain as someone who's into a uh, frozen in time process driven <laughs> RPG. Uh, yeah. I felt gravely disappointed when fallout switched formats. Mm. Uh, I eventually got over it. I also wanted to throw in one. <laughs> I like, I like the fallouts now, but fallout two remains my favorite fallout personally. <laughs> but yeah. Sam, you mentioned story shifts and I can't pinpoint where it happened, but I did wanted to bring, I wanted to bring up call of duty because there's a very clear feeling I had as I slowly fell off of playing Call of Duty games every year. And it was the feeling that it went from being a history lesson to being an action movie set in wartime. Mm-hmm. And I, it's, it was so gradual that it's tough to pinpoint where. But man, I miss the, like, the somber actual quotes from Winston Churchill every time you died. <laughs> the fact that it sounded like, you know, your uncle who's a history nerd explaining like, then they went over here. No, this really happened and just became, um, you know, a guy from Game of Thrones in space eventually. But even <laughs> when it's not, I feel like that uh, series has very much sort of fallen off of its roots as as bringing history to life and has just become an action movie. Oh, you know, the war movie of the year. And then they jettisoned the campaign entirely. Right. That's true. <laughs> and then brought uh, it back. They've been experimenting funny, lately. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a funny transformation. Uh, Grand Theft Auto was really popular as a top down <laughs> like game. Everybody well, played it on PCs and it had all these different uh, uh, versions of it. And then, you know, it had a brief resurgence in like the Chinatown Wars game, I think. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that, that went 3D and never went back again. And and I thought that was a funny, funny transformation. But a lot of games went from 2D to 3D and nobody yeah. complained. Mario would count then, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I guess GTA was always open world, too. You know what? I was really scared at one point that Zelda was going to become Skyward Sword games forever. And then mm. I would have to stop playing Zelda. Like before Breath of the Wild, they had done Twilight Princess and Skyward Sword. And I was yeah. like... Man, if these are the yeah. games that are going to get tens for the rest of my life, I don't think I'm really into Zelda anymore. And uh, yeah. and then they they pivoted. Yeah, they announced Hitman Go is the only kind of Hitman game ever again. That's it. <laughs> Hitman Go is pretty good. It yeah, is. I was going to say, fine, do, but... do mobile spinoffs count? Like, what about Fallout Shelter? 
Yeah. That was a good game. I enjoyed that was really there, yeah. Really fun. <laughs> Uh, okay, I know we're running uh, uh, on time here. I want to share my screen with you so I can show you do, 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 the 1993. Can you guys see this? Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I remember that image so really? well. Yeah. This is the 1993 EGM's Guide to I've never seen this before. This is EGM's Guide to Role-Playing and Adventure Games. And all EGM was, of course, uh, uh, an American magazine. But I have a sneaking suspicion that this... Uh, supplement was written by someone for whom English was not their first language. Uh, as Zet Rice says on the cover, the latest info on over 35 of your favorite games. So it's an RPG fest. And I want to point out that on this page, there's, <laughs> Samus. there's not one, but two images of Samus. So they have, they're casting a wide net for what they consider to be uh, RPG role-playing adventure games. Well, we used uh, to just, call Metroidvanias uh, Dragon Quest Vanias. So that makes sense. Why is this an RPG? I don't know. I don't know. Um, but this is just sort of the intro uh, to the to the supplement. And I don't. This is probably too re- low res for you guys to see. But in the upper right corner, can you make out that screenshot? I mean, I'll put. Looks, I'll put. Is it? Ocarina? I'll put a high res version. No, it's it's some. I think it's an Ultima Six on Super Nintendo. Wow. Uh, so this is ninety three. So it'd be much too early for sure. Ocarina. But it's like an image of you, the character tied down to a rock and a demon with wings has a dagger raised over you like they're going to sacrifice you. <laughs> so Ultima 6 on Super Nintendo must have been pretty hardcore. Uh, this says, uh, role-playing and action-adventure fans, get ready to see EGM's mega guide to RPG action-adventure games. You'll see many games for the following systems. Philips CDI, Super NES, Genesis, 3DO, Sega CD, and even the NES. We present to you a variety of RPG action-style games you will enjoy in the future. You will enjoy. You will enjoy them. Uh, Samus again. What to, I know Samus is back again. Two more pictures Wait, of Samus. Are those, are those the same ones too? Same PNG? Um, no, it's just, they're different images. Okay, a lot of okay. pictures. Uh, a little bit of movement. They do. Uh, yeah, there's a, a, a screenshot of uh, <laughs> Super Metroid. It says, the long-awaited Super Metroid will soon hit the stores near you. They do a little <laughs> bit of explaining. They do a little bit of explaining of the types of RPGs that are out at the time. It says first-person perspective RPG games are getting popular on game systems. There will be at least three Might and Magic 3 games coming out. Three versions of Might and Magic 3. The systems that will have this popular PC game are the Sega Genesis, Super NES, and the Super CD. What was the okay. Super CD? Uh, wait, so what are the other two? Uh, NES and, and Sega Genesis. And then the Super CD, I think, was the Tur- Turbo Graphics system. I don't think they called it Super CD, but I don't know. Was uh, but, okay. Is there any these types of games? Sega are... CD base that plugged in was this, no. That was I mean, the mega maybe CD. that was the mega CD. Maybe, but they thing. yeah, they called it yeah. Super CD. It says mm-hmm. another view of an RPG would be the overview. Here you can see where you are walking and talk with the townsfolk as well. You can also see your entire party's actions while fighting off monsters and bosses. That's good <laughs> to have a little bit of an explanation there. <laughs> what the um, town is. Yeah, this is an, uh, an ad for Wizardry 5 for Super Nintendo, and it's from Capcom, which, you know, this is a, a, a Western-made R- computer yeah, RPG from the, late, from the late 80s, and I guess Ca- I guess Capcom it was just publishing it on Super Nintendo. Yeah, it's just an odd fit. Ported it, probably. Make plans for a heart attack, the ad says. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then they start getting, going into their, their game previews here. Uh, a game called Fireteam Rogue. It says, here's Accolade at their best. And this one is made for the Genesis. 
Spike McFang is on here. I don't know if anybody played Spike McFang. That game actually looks pretty cool. I might have. Is that an RPG? It's like a first person one. It's a which one? Spike McFang. Spike McFang? No, this is for this is the top down. This is this is this okay. is the overview. The overview okay. view mode. Okay. Uh, there's a preview of a game called First Queen that was actually never released outside of Japan. There's a preview of The Horde on the 3DO, the game that stars Kirk Cameron. Cool. And I just want, and they and they have screenshots of Kirk Cameron in the game here, but the little write up never mentions Kirk Cameron, almost okay. as if it was written by someone who wouldn't be familiar with an American sitcom. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's an ad for Lord of the Rings on Super yeah. Nintendo, which I, I included here because it's so I don't you guys might not be able to tell us it's so hard to read the text on this page because there's all the text about the game and in the background in in sort of a gray text oh, are yeah. all these. Uh, names and locations from Lord of the Rings, and it makes oh, wow. everything really, really hard to read because you have text on top of text. This was Lord of the Rings Volume One, Volume Two, and Three never came yep. out. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is an ad for Shadowrun, which is a little confusing to me because that's best role playing game of 1993 from Game Fan, Video Games, Game Informer, Electronic Games, and uh, it got a runner up from Game Pro. And then it says, "Not many left. You must hurry." What does that mean? I mean, I Fuck guess your parents to I, buy Shadowrun, I suppose. The, oh, I, oh, you think they're saying it's selling out? Are scarce? Yeah, like it's selling yeah. out. It's selling out because so many uh, awards it's winning. Okay, that makes yeah, sense. Exactly. Huh. Got it. Like, You're, don't you so want Dan, in on the best role playing game? You must hurry. Yeah. See, Damon was looking at that as a perspective of, uh, of being an industry person. So he was thinking, there's not many more awards to give out. You better give this game your award now. <laughs> so he was thinking, oh, yep. I have to get a Damien immediately. Yep. Or yeah. It's like a yeah, exactly. four-year consideration, but very effective. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like four-year consideration in the next two days. <laughs> yes. The clock is ticking for your consideration. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's 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 the equivalent of a nice consideration you have there. It'd be a shame if something happened to it. Mm-hmm. And I just uh, want to say like each his own but like thumb rings with gloves i don't know um, no, i don't wife, think it's man. a i don't think it's a thumb ring i think the glove is torn revealing his cybernetic oh, uh, hand underneath yeah okay okay that's absolutely what it is that's much cooler yeah robot knuckle that is very cool yeah uh there's two previews of might and magic 3 uh for the sega genesis and super nintendo versions uh <laughs> This version for the Genesis is nicely translated from the PC version, thanks to FCI. This sequel is definitely worth waiting for. And then the, for the Super Nintendo, uh, My Magic 3 for the Super NES is based on the popular PC game of the same name. These previews sit right next to each other. Look at those uh, big I, so, green, like shots of the king and stuff. It's very funny. Yeah, those are from a game called Runes of Virtue. <laughs> which sure. which uh, abbreviates to oh. RV. <laughs> RV, yeah. Uh, that's apparently an ult- an Ultima game, uh, of which there is an ad for right on the next page. And it's an ad for Ultima uh, Runes of Virtue 2 on Super okay. Nintendo and Game Boy. But the big art is is in black and white, and then they save the color print for just for the box arts, which are much smaller. So it ends up looking a little... I feel like they would want to show the big art in color. I love, the, the, two co- versions, I love the pun. Two ways to ruin your day. (laughs) That's right. Two ways to ruin your day. Why are all the ad? How come all the old fashioned ad copy is so dark and negative? You're going to have a heart attack. Hurry up. You're going to ruin your day. Two ways to ruin your day. Cynical. That's what 
90s kids 90s kids uh you, you, you had to be extreme yeah mm-hmm. 90s kids were used to being hardcore and extreme mm-hmm. uh let's see what i wanted to Dragon View. What are I feel like these are like games I dreamt up as like RPGs I forgot to collect. Hey, yeah, that's the name of the game. Look at it, Dragon View. It says sequel to Draken. Dragon View has aspects similar to the first person perspective. Okay. One difference that was noticeable is the way you fight battles with the monsters. The storyline is very close. This RPG game is one of the best on the market. <laughs> Uh, and here, finally, there's a preview for Super Metroid, and I love it. It says, for all you Metroid fans, it's finally coming to the Super NES, thanks to Nintendo. It's been way too long since the last Metroid, and this game is loaded with awesome features. Basically the same theme and gameplay as the first one, this upgraded Super NES version was worth the wait. Super Metroid will surely attract many consumers, as it did us. Place yourself on a waiting list for this one. Definitely one of the best. <laughs> the best That's the Vegas article yeah. ever written yeah <laughs> i think i think whoever wrote this uh might have an exposed robot knuckle somewhere because uh, it sounds <laughs> I think so like too. Was written by an ai video games can Place be for recreation and distressing. <laughs> i hope consumers enjoy video games as much as we do as human consumers <laughs> well hello, also kids. humans hello hello kids <laughs> the adam's family values is on here I guess it's an action role-playing game. The Addams Family is back, thanks to Ocean. This game is for the Super NES. It's very well laid out. All of the family members are here to help Fester in his quest. Travel to many places with different climates where you must search caverns and mazes. Graphics are incredible, and the family characters' animations are funny. The sounds are neat and set the tone for the game. If you've played the other Addams Family game, this is a good (laughs) add-on. It will fit all four corners of your television screen. Uh, we were mentioning Capcom putting out Wizardry 5 uh, at the top of the issue. And then in their preview, they says, I never knew Capcom could do a game like this. A very good role-playing game that will keep you busy for many weekends. <laughs> I also like that they're writing in the first person. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they have Star Tropics 2 in here. So that's an NES game in 1993 that they're previewing. Yeah, and it didn't sell any copies. Go figure. Zoda's Revenge. Yeah. But hurry yeah, up because exactly. you might not get your chance to get it. Because Brother RPG is 93. They have a write up on Zelda's Adventure for the Philips CDI. Cool. I really want that game. Says the, Nintendo, the, Nintendo, want that. the Nintendo Classic has come back now on the CDI. You will travel on the land of Tolomac in search of the missing Link. Also, evil has entered the lands. You must find Link plus defeat Ganon and his minions. Awesome! <laughs> up to the point where evil entered the lands i was on board sounds like a lot of work now also everything's doomed they, they really just buried the lead also there's <laughs> evil don't worry too much about it awesome just, i want the listener to know damon skipped right over the seventh guest which was a full motion video oh, sorry? spooky game that was pretty good when you were nine yeah. years old <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can only play it on max now right it says yeah. the seventh guest from Philips, the game that took multimedia to new heights, will take you on an incredible journey into the mystical world of the unknown. That means yeah. basically go, grainy footage of bottom tier yeah. actors. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I watched my friend. Then, play they have a, then they have a feature where they're going to apply scores to the games that they've featured, and they call this feature Go Figure. Mm-hmm. And then 
there's no way you guys can see this on the far left are the names of the games easily the smallest and hardest text to read on the entire page mm-hmm. the next column is whether it has a battery or password save feature cool. and that text is much much larger than uh the actual names of the games a couple of them uh did not have either one adam timely values and sos and then they applied scores to sound and music control theme and then they also list how many megs the game was, which is in the middle of the actual ratings that they're giving to the game features. So this whole go figure feature is not very well laid out at all. Uh, well, uh, CD means CD-ROM, uh, which has infinite megs, if you didn't know. Infinite in- megs. Infinite, yeah. The highest uh, meg on a cartridge here is Super Nintendo, or Super Metroid, with 24 megs. <laughs> wow. All those megs. Uh uh, an ad for Eye of the Beholder for Super Nintendo, which was published by Capcom. Um, I guess Capcom at this time just had the license to Dungeons and Dragons games because they also made the arcade brawlers. The, or the yeah. hack and slash games, right? I remember this ad and this box art because I thought the Beholder was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. And I'd seen uh, Big Trouble in Little China Town like when I was oh, like yeah. uh, way too young. And so I remembered yeah. the Beholder-like creature in that and I was pretty obsessed. Yes. Yeah, that is a floating head with one eye and then a bunch of tentacles coming out of it that also have eyes. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, that's the last page. Top that. I will stop sharing. I will stop sharing my screen. That was the 1993 EGM guide to uh, RPG. Ro- I, playing. I remembered that. That was really cool. I remember that, that cover image. It might've been on a Dungeons and Dragons book at some point. I think so they just re- reused it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh my, <laughs> my uh, guys, I'm so embarrassed. We've just come to video game 20 questions and I've just realized I did not pick a game. No, come on. Come so on. We, we win, right? So so here I, how is that even possible? Does here that mean we di- do one for you? I'm diving into the emails right now, frantically looking for a game I can use for video game 20 questions. How embarrassing. We talked, you gave us the was, show notes. Too busy yeah. programming his fancy hat. Yeah. <laughs> Probably. Ooh, right. that's an, this one's way too hard. Okay. Tina, please make a note of this malfeasance. Yeah, yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't even have to look back. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was, you, you got it spot on now. Okay. Uh, I have selected a game comes from Sean in Detroit, Michigan. Hi, Detroit, Michigan. I'm going to change my background for this one. You ready? <laughs> too much of a blare. A cool. little close. Push it a little. I cool. can't do much about that <laughs> considering I'm holding up a giant piece of glass. That's very useful in the pandemic era. Great yeah, effect on your audio as yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was wondering. All right. What do we got? Okay. Let the question begin. Okay. Uh, is this a game uh, about shooting things? No. Oh, got to count. Can I just say this is terrifying the first time you do it? <laughs> this is so scary. We've got it yeah. every week this year so far with okay. a perfect winning streak. I don't want to so, drop yeah. the ball. Is that true? I don't think that's true. Now I'm just trying to make him feel worse. Your pay is dependent upon. Don't. Worry. <laughs> yeah. This will change the game of the year that you choose. So yeah. right. don't shoot things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no shooting. So, is there are there stealthy things? Stealthy? 
Yes. Yes. Ooh. What? Yes. That was a good out of the blue. Was this I, I game released yeah. post 2000? Yes. Okay. Hmm. Is it part of a series? Is it part of a series? Yes. Series stealth game. Is this a console exclusive? Yes. That's five. Holy cow. These feel like good clues. Yeah, I think we got this in six. You ready to guess? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Console exclusive um, sneaky sneaky game. Yeah. No is, shooting me. Is the tone uh was it rated M or T? Wait, that's but not a yes or no question. Versus any of the other. It's lost. It's, you have to ask yes or no questions. No, or we you lose. Know that's the breakdown. Like, was it rated M or T? Yes or no. Like, was it rated oh. T or above? Is what he's asking. <laughs> was it rated okay. T or higher? Yeah. Okay. Was it rated T or higher? No. Uh did this okay. appear in a Nintendo system? No. Well, we didn't catch that, Tina. It's a it's a series of a kid friendly stealth game. Teen, at least teen. not overly adult. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Teens would roll their eyes at it. Exactly. Um, you don't shoot in it. Uh, do you play as a human? No. Oh, stealthy animal game, stealthy robot game, stealthy alien game. One of those. <laughs> One of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, is this is game there, oh, cute? Go ahead. Is the game cute? Yeah. Yes. Is there a crafting mechanic in this game? Uh, I'm looking at the Wikipedia entry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think there's crafting in this game. Can I re- withdraw the question if we sure, don't? Yeah, know? yeah, withdraw. That, I'll withdraw. Withdraw, Your Honor. <laughs> you damn us. <laughs> Sustained. <laughs> Sir Hatfield. <laughs> um... Cute game. Cute Wait, it is a console exclusive? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Did we confirm? I mean, it's probably not worth burning a question, but we know that sneaking is in the game. That doesn't mean sneaking is the focus. Right. So yeah. yeah. Like yeah. Ocarina of Time has a great stealth scene in it. it it's not true. Focus. But at the same time, he was. it was such an emphatic yes that I feel like it's so... Mm-hmm. Well, and Link definitely shoots stuff. Mm-hmm. If I well, this is not Ocarina of Time. That was before 2000. Right, right, right. That's sure. not a Nintendo system. I think Tina's question was, "Is this a stealthy game?" Wasn't that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I said yes. That's so that, true. Yeah, that's, that's all. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, uh, go ahead. do we ask a Nintendo question? Or yeah, it's not a Nintendo. It's not game. Nintendo, and it not. is a console exclusive. Is this a Sony game? Yes. That's ten. All right. You have to look. That means it's not that obvious a series. You don't. You saw his eyes move over. You don't play I'm, as I'm, a human, I'm also, to right? Yeah. No, I know you're, you're. Yeah. That's that's the perfect assistance for this game. You get, someone's got to spot Damon. Someone's got to distract Damon, and someone's <laughs> got to ask more questions than he can answer. So we get in a few extras. That's my role. Hack into his email. That works. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You can also just look up his emails. Um. Mm. So Sony game, but I can't think yeah. of a lot of cute Sony games. Healthy Sony game. Well, um, is it is it still mm-hmm. a series that's around? Well, I guess you have to, you have to qualify that for me. Once something exists, doesn't mm-hmm. it always have existed in some <laughs> way? <laughs> I just <laughs> blink. Like what's the cutoff? Like, out, like 
Did this like game get Thanos? Um, <laughs> I guess. I guess. I guess is it on current gen? Yeah. Is is there is, is one is an it iteration a that exists on current gen? Yeah. No. Cool. Oh, okay. All right. So it hasn't been around for a while. Could this be like a loco roco patapon type thing? Uh, I vaguely know that string of nonsense syllables you just rattled off. <laughs> so I, might not I know those games, but play them. they're not really stealthy. Okay. Um, I, I was thinking Moss, but it seems like, oh no, ooh. that's not as, that will be a series, but it isn't yet. Yeah. It's and not it's Moss. A, it was a VR game or an Xbox game. It's VR. And he said it's Sony, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is this an indie game? No. <laughs> so big, big game on Sony system. Is this a portable game? Handheld. It, it 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 has been. So yes, I think that's okay. a yes. Okay. No, well, it's probably not in this game, but in the series, it it has. Do you play as a talking animal of any kind? Yes. <laughs> All right, but it's not <laughs> mod. Okay. It's surprising how little that narrows it down with video games. <laughs> Is it a little big planet? Does that count? No, there's is that. No, Sockboy's not talking. an animal. Talking also animal. Also not an animal. Yeah. I'm not talking yet. Yeah. Oh, I think it might be Sly Cooper. Sly. Yeah. Did, was anyone series. spotting Damon for I? Is the newest <laughs> one? Yeah. What did you think? What, what's your take, Tina? What? Yeah, what? I have what to ask something. Is no, we're asking show? about Damon's expression. Oh, oh, I see. There was no register, or I looked late. Okay. What are yeah. we on, 14? So that'd be like Sly 3, the Thievus Raccoonus, or something like that? Well, is it worth asking if it's in the series? Uh, We're do on 13 you, questions. Well, yeah, you, we can do that. We can say, uh, do you, you know, is Sly a fox? Yeah. But great. He might be a raccoon. Oh, yeah, Thievus Raccoonus. Yes, I just said <laughs> yeah. that. Just said <laughs> But Sly as a fox is a thing, so that's just, why just, I Do you yeah. play as a raccoon in this game? Yes, that's or is that a raccoon? <laughs> um, Death Stranding. All right, is this? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it could be. Um, is this? Uh, it could be Super Mario Brothers Three. Uh, oh, true. Um, Tanuki suit. <laughs> um, you two people, technically. I think we. Got How do we figure out which game it is? Well, we have three questions left. We could ask each one. <laughs> I don't remember the names, the subtitles. Do you remember? I don't either, but we can just say it's just Sly 1, 2, and 3. Was this game on the PlayStation 3? It appeared on the PlayStation 3. Mm. Meaning like a port or something? Well, yeah, because like Sly 3 was the PlayStation 3 game, but it sounds like this is just the Sly Cooper game. I don't know how to get this. I don't know how to. I don't know enough about the series. I just know 3 was on PS3. That's what I know. So. Um, is this the first is of a series? Second? That's what I was going to go for. Is it the first uh, of a series? Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. Is well, this Sony's Sly Cooper? Yes, it is. And yeah. the Thievus Raccoonus is the full title there. Whoa. Champagne cork. We could have yeah. used the, the question, have we mentioned this game? Yeah, yeah well, that's true. my father teaches Latin, so it just kind of sticks sometimes. Fun game. I always appreciate yeah. a game where you don't shoot everything. It's nice to see people innovate in those directions. Uh, yeah. How did you get the stealth thing? Was that the second question? 
That's what gave it. That's what gave us the win. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. I think amazing. it was Swim. I think it was you being like, "Is this slide poop?" <laughs> yeah. and that, that's yeah, that's where we really I, got it. I gotta but say, saying the name of the game out loud helped me. 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 It, yeah. There you go. But is it a stealthy game? Was our north star? That was our guy. Yeah, question. Yeah. Yeah. You might take some heat for not getting it sooner. I think as, as soon as a lot of listeners heard that it's a, a Sony exclusive stealth. What cute we're gonna game. take heat. That's what you're saying. Is that we're gonna take heat for this 20 questions? <laughs> you might, you might. Well, way to turn that around at us. And also, I gotta say, uh, for 20 questions, two weeks running now, we have gone about it a very backwards way, and it's worked for us. And I'm really proud of us. What's backwards about it? We don't ask the decades first, we don't ask the systems first, and we don't do any of that stuff. We just ask like kind of yeah, uh, feel it out questions. Mm-hmm. We flail around till we hit something. Exactly. That is the <laughs> strategy. All right, Deb, you're going to have to edit out that part. Um, well, thank you for the suggestion. Sean from Detroit, Michigan. Uh, viewers and listeners, if you have your own uh, suggestions for 20 questions, email them to me at the email address, gamescoop at IGN.com, and I will try to remember to pick one before we're, we're at the end of our show. We're out of time. The other thing I wanted to do is... Uh, something uh that we don't actually have time for but this is something that was suggested by some of the members of our engineering team they've been trying this uh this fun game uh sam what's a what's an older game that you uh, have your eye on that you'd like to own someday a oh, food fight by atari um uh, something for a console oh um uh little samson for nes do you have any idea how much that would cost like 600 bucks um do you have any idea uh so <laughs> so little sansa for yes loose mm-hmm. according to pricecharting.com loose is going to set you back thirteen hundred dollars that's that's gone up since the last time i looked which was Com- 10 years ago. complete in box little samson for the nes is going to set you back three thousand mm-hmm. dollars and a new a new unopened uh copy of little samson on nes is going to be eight thousand eight hundred and sixty nine dollars nice the idea for the game was to try and okay. get, try and we could play prices prices right rules everybody makes a guess and whoever's okay. closest to it wins but okay. maybe for another time okay good for game though way too solid for idea she's way too equipped for that yeah all, tina all you have to do is wait for sam to guess, and then you just guess one dollar higher. Yeah, that's true. That is the strategy. Mm. Uh, all right, that is all the scoops that we have for you this week, Michael. Thank you for joining us for your inaugural episode. Hey, my honor. Thank you. Uh, thank you also to Sam. Thank you, Tina. Uh, everybody have a great weekend. It's a holiday weekend for us here in the U.S. So everybody stay safe in your uh, celebrations. See you next week. My name is Damon. This is IGN Games. You are out. Like a magic moon We dance beside the sea You move like a mystery And we fall In love with everything And we fall
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.